Well, this is hot off the press. I don't, uh, some of this I've ministered before, but I've never ministered just like this. How many know we're living in a day of deception? That typifies today. Uh, Jesus and the Apostle Paul both mention uh, towards the close of the church age that there would be there would be great deception during that time now let me say this when uh, when when you, you hear a lot of talk about well we're living in the last days we're living in the time just before Jesus comes back truth is the last days began when Jesus was raised from the dead and the church age began that's the last days that is that is the close of a segment or period of time uh, as we know it and now now, the Bible talks about the last of the last days. 2 Timothy 3, I'm not going there, mentions in the latter times. The latter times there, spoken of by the Apostle Paul, is the very last of the last days. Jesus' uh, disciples came to him, said, what is, gonna, what, is, what is it going to be like just before you come back to set up your kingdom on earth? How many know Jesus came the first time as a baby in a manger, but he's coming the second time as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's going to put his enemies in their place. He's going to kick their tails out of here. How many are excited about that? Well, the disciples thought he was coming that way the first time. He didn't. He surprised them. And, and he came and lived like we do so he could bear our sins. Second time, he's coming to judge the earth and to rid it of all, the, all of the malevolent forces that have wreaked havoc on the human race all of these, all of these millennia of time. So the disciples asked Jesus, what's it going to be like? And the first thing that Jesus said, and I've mentioned this so many times, New King James says, take heed, Jesus said. They asked him, what's it going to be like? I'm just cutting to the chase. Verse 4, take heed that no one deceives you. Everybody did say deception. Then uh, there's a modern translation. It's fairly new, uh, Passion Translation. I've researched it. It seems like a pretty good translation of Scripture. Listen to what the Passion Translation says of verse 4. Jesus answered their question, what's it going to be like just before you come back? He answered, at that time deception will run rampant. Hmm. So be aware that you're not fooled. How many know you could be fooled? And y'all, you know what? There's a lot of people that are being fooled today. And it takes discernment to know truth from error. How many hear me? And then uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, speaking to a young minister named Timothy, who was pastor of the church of Ephesus. He's a very large church. He was, uh, it was over his head in, in responsibilities trying to help him. Uh, the Apostle Paul said this to him. Now the, this is New King James. I don't think that's in my notes. I added it. Uh, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons. Now the spirit expressly or emphatically. Now what if somebody came to you and they said, now, hey, hey, I got something to say, but eyeball, look at me. Listen to me. Don't be looking at your phone. Look at me. I mean, that's what Susan's Mitch, you know. You got to hear this. This is really important, Mitch. Uh, you lay your book down, lay your Bible down, lay your phone down, lay your iPad down, look, eye contact. That's what he just said. Now the Spirit expressly says, listen, emphatic, in the latter times, that's just before Jesus comes back, some will depart from the faith. Now I, I thought about this, I was riding my bike last night, and I meditated on this most of the time. Some will depart if you depart from something, that means you've been in it. I just departed from my house this morning to come here. Huh? I was at my house. 
If you depart from the faith, you're in the faith. But you leave the faith. How many hear me? Y'all, that's happening on a large scale today. And people don't even realize they've departed from the faith. Watch this. Got your attention yet? We'll depart from the faith. Now how? Giving heed. Listening to. Agreeing with. If you give heed to something, something somebody says, they're talking and you're going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're listening. So here's a person attentively listening Giving heed to what? Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Deceiving. I'm going to come back to the word deceiving in just a minute. Deceiving spirits. That means truths be, uh, things are being shared and it seems right, but it's so wrong. It seems innocent, maybe even innocuous. It won't hurt you. Seems like it's right, but it's doctrines of demons. Now, how many want, how many want demon spirits teaching you the Bible? <laughs> now, that's an oxymoron right there, huh? Demons teaching the Bible? Give me a break. But he said that's what would be happening. Here's a passion translation. The Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith one after another. And the Greek leads to that, saying that that way. Devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Wow. Then verse 2, hypocritical liars. Hypocrites, the Greek word, means a person who lives behind a mask. Talking about the theatrical productions in the first century where the, where the uh, actors would actually put on a mask. You can't see their face and they assume another character while the mask is on. So a hypocrite is one who lives behind a mask. They're one way in front of you, another way at another location. Get it? So he says, hypocritical liars will deceive many and their consciences won't bother them at all. Now, conscience. So, so here's a person who is defying conscience and he's speaking to others. Now, think about defying conscience. So here's a person who knows better, but they've heard something that seems right, seems logical, so why not go that direction? And the Apostle Paul said it would be like that at the end of the age, so much so that many people would be taken up with that. We're living in that today. So how do you know that? Well, we'll get to it. Rick Renner has a book uh, entitled How to Keep Your Head Straight in a World Gone Crazy. It just came out. And uh, Rick is a Greek scholar. Uh, he majored in Greek in school and such. And he mentions this word, Deceiving, or other translations say dis, uh, seducing, deceiving, deceptive spirits. The Greek word there me, describes a deception, watch, a moral wandering, or a person or nation that has veered morally from a solid path and is now adrift. Question, would that be today? Huh? Are we adrift morally? Is the world adrift 
morally. Yes. So he, then he said this. Uh, he said this word uh, seducing, a better translation perhaps of the word is the word delusion. And so I looked up delusion. You can look it up yourself. Just find a dictionary, whatever. A delusion, listen to this, an erroneous belief held in the face of evidence to the contrary. Did you hear what I just said? An er erroneous belief held in the face of evidence to the contrary or a false belief that is resistant to confrontation with actual facts. That's a person that says, I like this. I believe this. I don't care what you say to the contrary. Even if I'm wrong, I'm hanging on to this. Is that today? Lastly, a delusion is a belief held with strong conviction despite superior evidence, evidence to the contrary. Y'all, you see that in so many veins of living today. Yes or no? We're living in the age Jesus spoke of, deception. Take heed that you be not deceived. The Apostle Paul, 1 Timothy 4.1, we're living that today. Uh, Rick Renner says this, a delusional person has a belief or feeling that is based on an incorrect interpretation of reality. Now, I've done some counseling as a pastor uh, since 1981, and I've confronted delusional people. That is, a mental, that is a mental disorder. Psychiatrists tell you that. And I could tell just in a few minutes, just man, a couple of minutes, talking to somebody, this person's not normal. Something's wrong. I'm not reaching them mentally. They're, they're, they're in delusion. I could tell you, I don't have time to tell you the stories, but the things they're thinking are skewed. The things they're believing about themselves, about life, and about other it, there's no basis for reality. That's a delusional person. You get it? So a delusional person, Render says, has a belief or feeling that is based on an incorrect interpretation of reality. Then he says this, a delusional person clings to a false belief even if he's confronted with evidence or facts or proof that refutes his false belief. I don't care what you say. I know this is the way it is. So leave me, we'd say in South Carolina, leave me alone. A delusional person, lastly, he says, is difficult to help because he rarely admits he's delusional. He often refuses psychiatric treatment, instead searching for ways to affirm, support, and sustain his delusion. I submit we're living right now in a delusional age. How many hear me? <clears throat> now, I just put this in my notes. I just gave it to Sean. There are three demon spirits that have risen up worldwide that are seeking to manipulate and occupy human thought and human behavior. And these, these three demonic forces are gods from the Old Testament, gods that have been worshipped, false gods, I should say, that have been worshipped by Middle Eastern cultures for thousands of years. They manifested themselves... In Canaan, when the Israelites moved to the land God promised Abraham, but they've been there for a long time and they've affected many cultures throughout history, all the way up to the Roman age uh, when the Bible was, uh, was uh, the, the New Testament was written. And uh, so these three demonic forces or false gods from antiquity that are rising up today, Baal, 
and his friend Ashura. These were deities that were uh, worshipped. They, 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 they were fertility gods, among other things. And you got to understand, people of, a, of other millennia, they worshipped false gods, believing those gods could give them favor, protect them in war, uh, could help their crops grow, help their animals uh, prosper, help them prosper in general, give them lots of children, make them wealthy, and keep them safe. And so they worshipped these false gods, so, so that that could happen, and these are three. There are three: Baal, Ashura, and the last one's Molech. And I want to submit to you that these uh, demonic forces are being worshipped today. And let me just cut to the chase real quickly, because it's a big subject, but I can boil it down for you really quickly. Baal and Ashura, if you go search history and just read any writings about Baal worship or Ashura. And Astaroth, there's different titles and names to all of these. They're all, they all boil down. They're the same demonic force. That God is worshipped by sexual immorality. It demands of its subjects, be immoral. And that immorality includes fornication, which is, which is not necessarily deviant sexual behavior. But then it quickly denigrates into deviant sexual behavior. Now, I did some research. In fact, in my notes, in my reading notes, I downloaded it and copy-pasted it into my notes. I have personal reading notes. And I found out that the American Psychiatric Association prior to 1973 noted that homosexuality and lesbianism uh, were deviant sexual behavior. And I've got it, I've, I've got it in record 1973, they changed and said it's no longer deviant sexual behavior, and they opened a Pandora's box from hell. Worldwide, whatever America does, the world does. How many understand that? We're the world's leader in so many things. These demon spirits, Baal and Ashura, they want men to love men, they want women to love women. They want, and it, and it goes downhill from there. 2015, our Supreme Court, July of 2015, they voted unanimously to recognize same-sex marriage as equal to heterosexual marriage, which for thousands of years and by all old generations in antiquity has been honored as the relationship that keeps a cohesiveness in a culture. Marriage between a man and a woman. They said, no, no, no longer. Now we, we recognize same sex as okay. How many hear me? And now we're living in the delusion that that is okay. See, even saying this, some of you are uncomfortable with me. Jezebel was the wife of one of the kings in Israel. Everybody, if I don't get through today, I got next week. And I tell you right now, I'm not going to get done. Jezebel was Ahab's wife. Y'all remember Ahab? Well, Jezebel, she came from a pagan family. Her pagan family worshipped these false gods. They worshipped these fertility gods. And when Ahab married Jezebel, she brought her false gods into his house. 
Not only into his house, but she kept talking to Ahab, said, now Ahab kind of twisted his home. There's no reason to keep these gods out of uh, Israel. And so they had, they had the fertility gods set up all over Israel, and Israel began to worship for, uh, false gods. One of the people that helped that happen was Jezebel. And Jezebel had an attitude, you do what I say or your ship is sunk. Manipulator, conniver. You better do this. If you don't do this, bad things going to happen. You better do this. And friends, the spirit or attitude of Jezebel is alive today. The very fact that I can't get up in a local church in North Carolina and say something about homosexuality and lesbianism being sin, it means absolutely Jezebel's at work. Because I can feel it. Some of you are very uncomfortable with me talking about this. Friends, it's a delusion. It is a deception. And even with facts to substantiate the horrors of the end result of homosexuality or lesbianism, people don't want to hear it. Is that delusion? A hundred percent. And now it's going a step further. Transgender. Now, if you're a, a, a man, but you're locked up in a woman's body, uh, uh, but you're a, a female, but you're locked up in a man's body, well, well, you can have sex change. And eventually, the government's going to pay for it. Unless you vote it out. Huh? How many know the pressure? If you have a business, I've said this, said it this summer. If you've got a business, if you work for someone, you have to load toe the politically correct line. Yes or no? Huh? You better not say what I'm saying or you'll get fired. Or you'll get demoted. Is it true? So it's just like demon spirits to tie it to your income. So you better shut your mouth. Now friends, that is Jezebel at work 100%. Yes or no? And as I said, pastors won't say this. Because there are incomes tied to it. You better shut up. People ain't going to like what you say. Well, why, why can't I agree with the Bible? Huh? Now, let, I have to put some disclaimers on this. When I talk about this, I deeply love people. That's my heart. I, I love people. I've talked to homosexuals, a lot of them. A lot. In my time of ministry. And they're some of the sweetest people I've ever met. What they're doing is extremely ungodly. Eventually it will lead them to destruction. And my heart towards them is to lead them away from that. And now they're trying to pass laws that even to do that's wrong. Jezebel's working, y'all. It's happening in California, is it not? Yes or no? I'm just trying to make, overemphasize a point here. It's at work right now. Delusion deception and we're swallowing the Kool-Aid so what are we gonna do we gonna stand up for truth most people won't because they're not willing to pay the price I am because I won't change how about you huh you lose the anointing of the Holy Ghost when you go down paths of thought that He has not ordained? Yes or no? And I dare not live without Him.
As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So, I'm talking about Baal, Ashura, and all these false gods of yesteryear, history. They're raising their heads up. Homosexuality is part of that. Lesbianism is part of that. They were worshipped, in fact, in antiquity. They were worshipped with orgies. All kinds of any kind of sex that you shouldn't even think about. Their participants in those false religions worshipped their gods, little g-gods, with sex, sexual orgies. Homosexuality, lesbianism, uh, men dressing like women, women dressing like men. It's all the same stuff, the same demon spirit, y'all. How many hear me? Now we have a new one. How about non-binary? Have you heard that one? What is non-binary? Well, one day I, today, you know, child wakes up. What do you feel like that? Well, I'm a boy today, and it's a girl. Wakes up the next day. Well, what do you feel like today? I'm a girl. So non-binary means I'm not male nor female. I'm whatever I feel like today. Now that's happening in England, and in certain parts, it's coming here, huh? Now you know, for instance, um, I think I told you this. I had to fill out an application for something online last week. I don't even remember what it I've done so much, but uh, I, noticed, uh, I noticed it said male. It said gender. Male, female, don't want to say. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> say what's your heart. Susan had to fill one out for a doctor, a local doctor's office. Male, female, transgender, what else did it say? Yeah. Said, you know, I said, this is crazy. Y'all, this is delusion. How many hear me? What's next? Polygamy being accepted as normal. Pedophilia being accepted as normal. Bestiality being accepted as normal. You say, Pastor, you shouldn't say that on Sunday morning. You're hearing it everywhere else. And your children are being exposed at school to these things. How many hear me? You say, well, how do you know it's going that way? When you have no moral compass to follow, you'll follow anything. So I'm just trying to make a point that Baal and Ashura are being worshipped today worldwide. And they demand illicit sex. Now, God loves every human. How many hear me? So let me say this. I have to slow down and I won't get through today, I promise. If you have a same-sex craving, God deeply loves you. Right? If you were a man, and you'd never tell a soul, but you like men, Jesus loves you deeply. And he wants to help you. How many hear me? Or you're a girl, a woman, and you like women. He deeply loves you. How many hear me? That's the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave. Yes or no? Is that true? Hey, if you've had a sex change, God loves you deeply. Yes or no? That's the gospel of the grace. He loves every human. But he doesn't love us to leave us the way we are. He loves us to change us for his glory. How many hear me? There's one other God I didn't mention. Baal, Ashura. The last one is Molech. 
Y'all, this one's a particularly sadistic God in, in antiquity. Molech uh, is pictured, an animal head. And he's got these big arms that reach out like this in front of him. And then they put pitch or tar on the arms and light it with a fire. And then they would dedicate their children to this god Molech by passing their, their children through the fires of Molech. They just pass them through the flaming arms saying, I dedicate my children to this god. Molech's alive today. Child, Molech demands child sacrifice. Abortion. That's Molech, y'all. He demands the killing of children. The dedication of children. When children at a young age are taught sexual things they shouldn't even think about. That's Molech at work. Abortion is Molech at work. Worldwide. Yes or no? And now we got states in the U.S. that have said you can kill an unborn baby all the way up to birth. Molech, y'all. Can I ask you a serious question? Let me say this. If I as a believer, listen, some of you are not going to like what I'm going to say, but I've got to say it. If you vote for a person who espouses those kinds of beliefs, then when you stand before Jesus, you will be held accountable for the sins that that allows. Yes or no? Pastor Mitch shouldn't be political. I ain't being political. I'm being biblical. Huh? The three areas here, I've already mentioned morals, politics. We're talking about this. Now let's go back and talk about deception, delusion, politically. If you swallow what you hear, hook, line, sinker, sinker, fisherman, pole, boat, so to speak. That's a big swallow, you're right. Then you are a very gullible, ignorant person. And you're deceived. I don't care what news channel you watch or where you get your information, there's always biases built in. Huh? And if you don't know that, you're just not very smart. And you need somebody to help you. Right? It takes discernment today when you hear something or read something. Is it truth? Now me, let me tell you about me. I can stand in front of a person and I know immediately that person's lying. Susan and I, this is what, a dozen years ago, she was watching somebody on TV and I was walking from the kitchen to the bedroom. She's standing at the couch looking at the big TV there and I was walking my, and I looked and I heard this person talking. I said, Susan, you see that person right there? That's a snake in the grass. That person's a liar. It takes discernment by the Holy Ghost now. Because you can put some butter and some jelly on your lie. And make it seem so convincing. Yes or no? Yes. Politically, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Or you might not be on the aisle. I don't care. Watch what you're hearing and believing. Because it's worse than I've ever seen it. In fact, here's, you know what it reminds me of? Is this okay? Whether it's not, is or not, I'm going to talk about it. When I was, I was, now this dates me in my, I was in, in the early 60s, I was a little boy. 
And you know, you've got the Iron Curtain, which is communism that keeps Asia and Russia and all that at bay and all that. And you've got the Cold War going on. And, and then you've got the Cuba prop missile crisis, Cuban missile crisis. And, you know, we had, uh, we had fallout shelters all over my city trying to frame the time. Man, Russia's going to attack us. going to be bad. Better get ready. And we had fallout shelter drills in my, house, in my elementary school. How many remember that? It dates you if you raise your hand. All right. All right. So... But then during that time, listen to this. So, so people would tell me, say, now then people in Russia, and this is what I heard as a little boy, and it's not right, correct English. Then people in Russia, so they, they have state-run news. And the people, people listen to propaganda. And they're just telling people things that aren't true because they're wanting to keep the masses subdued. Friends, that is America today. Yes or no? So is what Jesus said right? Take heed that no man deceive you. Yes or no? Hmm. And what the Apostle Paul said, the Spirit says emphatically in the last days, some will depart from the faith listening to delusive spirits and doctrines of demons. It's a doctrine of demons to tell me that I can live any way I want to live and continue in that lifestyle and the grace of God will cover my sin. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches for us to repent that is, forsake our sin and turn to Christ and he will forgive and cleanse. And then when you fall, the moment you do, fess up, make up, repent, and keep moving. Yes or no? Mm. So we're living, I submit to you, we're living in that day to day. And God has called us to live by truth. Now I'm going to start this next week because I run plumb out of time. But when I was young, three weeks, almost a month before my 18th birthday, I, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. And that, that, I came back to Jesus out after being in drugs and all that. Came back to Jesus, committed my life to Him, repented of my personal sin, and then got filled with the Holy Spirit. And since that time, and, and I didn't know, I, I had read the Bible, I had little gold stars on my head as a Baptist Sunday school boy for memorizing scripture. But, but it didn't mean anything to me. And suddenly after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it meant something. How many hear me? And I don't know, I just fell in love with the Bible. And, and here's the thought process. And, and this was in 1976, 1977. Uh, who's the guy in, uh, in Africa who had all the people, Jim Jones. Remember that? Had people, 900 and some people committed suicide with him. Well, that was a, how many know, if you're living during that era of time, that was a big deal. So I got filled with the Holy Spirit, turned on to Jesus in 1976, 1977, that Jim Jones thing come around. And here's my thought process. Man, I ain't want nobody to deceive me. And I'm 18, I'm going to turn 19. Nobody's going to deceive. I said, Lord, how can I keep from being deceived? And then I go to a bookstore and got all these books by all these authors. I said, how do I know if I'm going to read the right ones? I have a brother who went to a cemetery, I mean seminary, cemetery, seminary. I'm joking, I like education. But it took his faith away. No kidding. It's a big story I can't tell, I don't have time. 
I say, God, how can I keep from divorcing myself from truth? How can I, how can I be right? How can I keep from being deceived? How can I keep somebody from hoodwinking me? Use all the little uh, words you want to use. Pulling the wool over my eyes. Deceiving me. And here's what I can, and I don't think anybody told me this. I heard. In fact, Kenneth Hagin, I started listening after, and he said this, for, first time I heard somebody say it was Kenneth Hagin, he said, don't take it just because I say it. Read it in the Bible for yourself. So from that, here's what I surmised. If I can know this book, if I can get familiar with this leather-bound book called the Bible, I will not be deceived. So I started reading a lot, y'all. I would read whole books of the New Testament at a time. I would read a lot. Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs. I mean, just read, 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 not bore you. Just read, read, read. Just read a lot. Because I'm thinking, I'm going to get from it. And then, and then I started memorizing Scripture. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples. Indeed. And you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the what? The what? And the life. So if I get to know him, Jesus is called the word of God. The living word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus and the word are all wrapped up together. He's the embodiment, the human, the humanness of the word. It's all wrapped up in Jesus the Christ. You get to know the Word, you get to know Him. And then the Holy Spirit's called the Spirit of? Woo! If I get to know this book, then I'm not going to be del delusional. And when something I hear is not right, something inside will say, wait, 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 test it, wait, don't do that. If I'm preaching something, you guys should be listening to what I'm saying and looking it up. Because if it can't stand the scrutiny from anybody, or stand scrutiny from anybody, then it's not worth saying. Right? Isaiah 33, 6, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and strength of salvation. Passion translation, he will be your constant source of stability in changing times. I love that. And then, and then the last scripture I, I think I'm going to mention, I, I want to do all this, but... 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Everybody say inspiration. Now you know what people do with the Bible these days? They leave it on the shelf. Or leave it in their car all week. Or just lay it somewhere and don't do anything. Well, now I've got electronic Bibles here. They don't read it a lot. They listen to a pastor, listen to a podcast, listen to a, listen to a video. Right? They don't read it themselves. And friends, the Bible. Say, why is the Bible so unique? All Scripture is given by inspiration. Everybody say inspiration. inspiration. Of God. Say inspiration of God. Inspiration. The Greek word's theo, which is God, neustos, breath. That means it's God-breathed. That means the Bible is as much the Word of God as if... He's talking to you and so close to your face you can feel his hot breath and some of his spittles getting on your face because he's excited. Just like some of you getting wet with mine. 
inspiration of God. Listen to Passion Translation. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction. Giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you'll be God's servant, fully mature, perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. One scripture I love is Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be, God says, that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return void, empty, useless. But it will accomplish what I please. Prosper where I send it. The verse before that, verse 10 says, As the snow, rain from heaven, and as the snow comes and waters the earth and causes it to bud, so will my word be. That is, when, rain, when the earth gets wet, things happen. Seeds come alive. When I was in Nicaragua uh, last week in October, guess what? I, uh, the last time I was there, August, uh, there were some really uh, uh, brown looking places, but their rainy season came. And I went this, this last time, and y'all, where it was barren and where it was brown, it was teeming with green life. Because that's what water does, and that's what the Word does. When it gets in you, it changes you. How many hear me? So I developed, I'll talk about this next time. I developed this habit of meditating on Scripture. And y'all, it stood me good all these years. When you get the Word of God inside you, it changes what you think about you and how you deal with life's circumstances. How many hear what I'm saying? So if you feel like you're less than, things aren't working well, you feel overwhelmed, Second, uh, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. If you feel like nobody loves you, Ephesians 1 says you're accepted in the beloved. When you feel like you're about to be defeated, the word says, nay, in all these things, you're more than a conqueror through him that loved you, and on and on and on. I'll end with this little anecdote, and I've told this before, but it, the context here fits. Um, uh, February, the last day of February 1979, 79 is the year Susan and I were married six months later, but <clears throat> February 1979, I had been praying upstairs in a, the church I attended. I, my first Bible school was there. I was a second year student in the Bible school. And... Uh, I was taking hermeneutics and exegesis and all this stuff. stuff. But I'd go early and pray before services in a room. And, and I wandered into something. I didn't mean to. But when you fill yourself with the Word and you pray, then you just know stuff somehow. And I kept praying and, and, and I knew intuitively something's going on. The pastor, there's a problem here. I said, oh, Jesus, what I talk? Now, you know, let me just say, you go talking to, about the pastor to somebody else, how many know you're wrong? That's called gossip and sin. And if you want to be judged harshly, do that. Now, if you got a problem with me, come to me. That's Bible, right? I never told a soul. So I said, well, you know, if, I, if I'm not going to tell anybody else, I need to talk to the pastor about it. So I was just innocent enough. Made an appointment, went to his, went to his uh, office. And I guess he knew, I don't, I don't know why he did what he did. I have no clue yet to this day, I don't know why. He had four of his, uh, four of his staff team members sitting on a couch to my left. I entered the office, sit down, sat down in a wingback chair right in front of his desk. And 
there's four people on a couch. And I begin to say, Pastor, I'm just concerned. I've been praying. And I don't know what it is, but I feel troubled in my heart. And I don't know why I feel troubled in my heart. But I thought, since you're a pastor, I need to let you know. And I hadn't talked to y'all. I hadn't talked to anybody. Him. That's the first one I talked to. And the Lord. When I said that, y'all, he gave me both barrels, so to speak. Man, he began to accuse me. He fussed at me. I began to cry. And in the middle of what he said, he said, I'm going to tell you what, five years from now, he said, you're practicing witchcraft because you're in rebellion. You're in rebellion to my authority. And I shook my head. No, I'm no, sir. That's not true. He said, and, and, and you're practicing witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. The prophet said to Saul, King Saul, 1 Samuel 15, 22. Huh? I said, that's not me. He said, in five years from now, you'll be on your road to hell. Now, thankfully, no, that was true. But y'all, it upset my mental equilibrium in a way I, it's hard to describe. I was uh, 20 years old at the time. I turned 21 the next October. I got married the next September, following September. But it upset my mental equilibrium. And, and now I look back on that. That's 40 years ago, almost 41 years ago. Uh, that did something to me because my response, I never forget my response. I left that office thinking, oh my Lord. I cried my way home. And that little adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words could never hurt me. When I got home, there's my mother, there's a friend, there's Susan, my fiance. And I said that little adage, you know, sticks and I said, that's a lie. I'd rather somebody get a ball bat and beat me till my bones are broken because I can heal my bones quicker than I can heal from these words. These words hurt. I went to sleep thinking about those words. You're on your road to hell. You're practicing witchcraft. And I love Jesus. I mean, I wanted him. But he, my pastor, my spiritual leader said, oh, y'all. It threw me for a mental loop, an emotional loop, a spiritual loop. I didn't know, I didn't know up from down, sideways from straight. I didn't know what. I said, God, here's what I did do. I said, God, I'm, I'm literally going to go crazy if I don't do something. Because all I could think about was his words. All I went to work thinking about his words, went to bed thinking about his words, got up thinking about his words, ate my lunch thinking about his words. And I was just forlorn inside of me. I'm twisted in knots. Oh God, oh God, these words. How do I get away from these words? And y'all, I found no solace except one way, one way. I said, God, there's only, I don't know what to do. I couldn't hear God. I couldn't worship. I, I couldn't do it. I said, God. But thank God for the word of God. One, two scripture I remember I had memorized I said well God I'm just going to think on this because I can't think on this stuff for I am persuaded I put, I put it on my Facebook page this morning for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor any other created thing is able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord and I would say it over and over and inside me, over and over. I'm working and I'm thinking for I am persuaded that neither death. It kept me mental. It took me a little over a month 
to get over the emotional trauma of the words that were spoken to me. And in fact, in two months time, I went back to the man sat back down in his office and he had an uncanny ability to twist your thinking. You would forget what you're thinking about in this man's presence. I'm not kidding. A conniver, a manipulator, and a controller will do that. I wrote what I wanted to say on a piece of paper so I wouldn't forget it because I never forget that first time. And I sat down in his presence and personally asked him to forgive me if I did said or done anything to offend him. Even though he was in the wrong and I was in the right, I did it because I knew. If somebody's called by God, you treat them with respect whether you agree with them or not. And I did. Years later, his sin was exposed. Over 10 years later. But it wasn't by me. Because God will treat you the way you treat others. See, all the word kept me. And here we are in this day of delusionary thinking, of deception. And my mind goes back to that. The thing that kept me free, the key thing that set me free when words were spoken that were not true, it was the word. The word kept me then. And you know what? The word will keep you now. What are you believing about yourself? What are you believing about life? His word is truth. Next time I come back to speak, we're going to talk.